Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. News team, News team. assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 here at Soonerscoop.com podcast. Great to have you with us once again as we get ready to travel to UCLA, to uh, La La Land, Los Angeles, um... It's not San Diego, or we would say we're traveling to the whale's vagina. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Well, f- I don't know that I love San Diego. It's it's all right. I like I, San Diego. I, I like. I've it. only been there once, but San Diego's pretty there's awesome. There's probably more. Uh, there's probably less, you know, homeless people in San Diego than L.A. or San Francisco. When you're talking Bay Area places, which has uh, always surprised me, because if I was homeless, like, why do people live in New York really City expensive. or or Go where it's really cold all the time. Wouldn't you want to go to San Diego? Oh, exactly. Like, I would find a way to get to San Diego. It's just like there's why there's Florida, man. Crazy homeless people go to water. Warm water. Well, Seattle has a huge homeless problem. Who the hell would want to be in Seattle eight months a year? Yeah, and it rains all the time. Well, Portland does. I mean, everybody on the West Coast does. Portland's a sanctuary city, isn't it? I think it is. I think, I think all, that's everybody what, uh, is over I think that's what Dylan was saying. Hmm. But Portland's not on the border. San yeah, Diego no would be a sanctuary city. I mean, it's in it's connected to Mexico. Some of the best Mexican food I've ever had is in San Diego. Yeah. There's it's no really doubt good. about that. We haven't been since the I haven't been since I haven't, the holiday ball. Yeah, I've never been there for work. I went my cousin got married out there and I went out. I've never oh, yeah, that was just I've, recently. I've never been to Cali, period. So really? I don't this know first time? I don't know what this weekend's gonna be oh, like. Oh bro, Damn we're gonna it. smoke so much weed. <laughs> hang now out I on have the beach. To, now I have to actually plan something that's like meaningful for you. No, you don't. No. <laughs> Taking him to the Rose Bowl. That's the probably the best yeah, place to go in Yeah, But it's gonna be the Rose Bowl with nobody in it. Will there be more OU fans than UCLA fans? I mean, with, yes. is the four free are the, are that is that where they're keeping the homeless people this weekend with the four free tickets? Four giveaways? free tickets, come on in! You what know. a pathetic school. It's we have the, we have credentials now. Pac-12. We can say that, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> we have our credentials. Yeah, but they can't tell us <laughs> can't come in. I don't even know if there will be anybody there. Like, what are you expecting as far as? I guess we can get into it, but if we want to go review the South Dakota game real quick with Josh first. Sure, yeah. Do you have any lasting thoughts Saturday? Oh, you know, I mean, I don't think anything that you all didn't cover. I think the main things that, you know, you talk about are a lot of the young guys. Jaden Davis continues to look like a guy that is worthy of time Mm -hmm. and going to get, you know, some more looks. Uh, I, I, you know, and I want to give it up to Kerry because he tried to give it up to me before you stole his thunder, Eddie. But David Aguebu looks like he's going to be a player, so that that was a a positive sign. But I mean, I think 
you started to see some depth on defense, like some guys that you're like, okay, maybe that guy's not ready to be a superstar, but that guy's a good player. Like, I, you know, and then you do look at guys like Marcus Stripling where you think, okay, maybe that, that guy's future is not far off. Like, he's going to be really good before too terribly long. I think it's going to be really interesting. I told Bob earlier today that I think it's going to be really interesting to see how much of this opportunity they actually give to Jaden Davis. And if they do give him an opportunity and he takes advantage of it, where does he fit in in that rotation as far as the cornerback? Don't you think, like, Lincoln Riley... I mean, Alex Grinch has done this all along, where he is setting it up to where... Basically, he's saying, if We're, you're playing well and you're a backup, you're going to get more playing time. Like right. You kind of start to hear Lincoln Riley kind of echoing that a little bit more. He's done with the 90 snap count per player. That That is something that Alex Grinch is clearly trying to make sure never happens again mm-hmm. while he's running the show in Norman. Well, and that was some specifically talked about. Was it Lincoln or Alex that talked about you're not you're never going to get 85 productive plays out of Neville Gallimore? I think Grinch said that. that was it, I think it was Grinch. Sounds yeah. like a Grinch thing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they did play Dylan Famatu when he came back. I thought they played a lot more Marquise Overton probably next to to Neville. But I think he said like Neville got like 25 snaps or something like that. Was it that little? I can't remember what the actual number was. It would make a lot of sense, but you could see it in the corners between Jordan Parker, Davis with Motley and Brown. That's a four-man legit rotation, and that'll keep guys fresh. Well, I think the the main thing, you know, yesterday was offense. I didn't go uh, yesterday because I have had to work on something that we're going to make a big announcement about uh, later on in the pod. Uh, but you guys were there, <laughs> and uh, I told you like we, we were trying to decide. Okay, who do we go? Who do we want to request? Because every day you request who you want to talk to, and trust me, if you're listening, yes, every day we request freshmen. Like we request Jaden Hazelwood, uh, Trajan Bridge, like Trajan Bridges. I I don't. You guys have dealt with Jaden Hazelwood like at you know five star and Josh. You've you. I think you talked to him a couple times like. He's probably not made for prime time when it comes to interviews yet, but like Trajan Bridges is, Theo Wees is, Spencer Rattler would be. Would he? I think he would understand the position enough to know that he's going to be asked to do. These there's things. no way Lincoln's letting him talk to the no, media. No, there's year. no way. The as much distance as they can put between the end of his senior season and. When he has to do an interview, that's exactly what they're going to do. But what uh, will become interesting is if we start, if Jaden Davis starts playing well, if it becomes like a Ronnie Parkinson yeah. Buki, where we just never got to him until the bowl game. Lincoln's really, I think he's pretty good if someone becomes a big part of things and he lets him talk. But the point I was getting to, we were trying to figure out who we're going to request. I told you guys, I said, well, there's really no pressing storyline except for the offensive line. Uh, and, you know, Bill Beatonbow does not love doing media. But he's forced to because Lincoln Riley's the offensive coordinator and he's the you know next lieutenant. So he has to come in there. And, and you knew that it wasn't going to great. And when I heard this, I knew exactly that you guys were really in for a bad day yesterday. Bill, when you say you got to coach him better, does that mean you coach him harder? Has this been like a harder week than normal for those guys? Yeah, so. That was uh, Tyler Palmatier for the Norman Transcript. Pretty much. What did he say? I couldn't even tell what he said. Ask them. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a harder week. I'll play it for you one more time, Josh. 
Bill, when you say you got to coach him better, does that mean you coach him harder? Has this been like a harder week than normal for those guys? That's so. Woo, that is abrupt. <laughs> that was – how long has Bill been here? Seven years? God, I mean, he seven away years? from West Virginia. 2012? Before Lincoln. I think that's right. I think 2014, I mean, we're – no, he would have been here before 2014. Um, I want to say th- – 13 was the first he year. He starts. Right? This is his seventh this season. This is his seventh season. Yes. So he's, okay. What year, was whatever first. year it was that Kevin Wilson went to Indiana, yeah. then he came here. Okay. Well, regardless, that's the most angry I've ever seen him. I, I think that it stems from they must have had a bad day at practice or something because he, I don't think you can still be that mad about how they played after what? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And he said they had two good practices yeah, this week. Yeah, he said he, Monday yeah. and Tuesday went well, but you don't have a left tackle, and I that's going to be an issue. Well, and here's the here's what's going to get everybody upset, is he was asked, uh, I, I think, was it Jason Kersey? Yes, it was. Uh, I've got the question in here. I just wanted to make sure I gave him credit. Uh, Jason Kersey from The Athletic asked him, you know, hey, got any other left tackles up in there? And it did not go well either. Um Swenson and Proctor, are they still kind of the two guys there at tackle? Yep, there are two guys there. Boom. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. I know you guys want me to pull somebody else out. I'm not going to. No Stacey Wilkins, no Michael Thompson, no moving Bray Walker. Stop asking about that stuff. So, can you guys... I, Josh, you know, is, I Josh is right there with all the people that are like, oh, what I'm, the F is going on with the tackle? Now, I, I will say, I think R.J. Proctor at left tackle was not nearly as bad as people are trying to make it out to be. He wasn't, he wasn't Orlando Brown. He wasn't Cody Ford. Like, I get all that. But I thought he was serviceable. He was okay. Yeah, um, I agree. Swenson is problematic. That, that, that's, and it could be the injury. Like, I'm not trying to run down the kid. Like, it, there could the be The injury, very, that which they won't acknowledge. Yes. Like, how, how his left arm. What's a left tackle supposed to do with a speed rusher if he can't use his left arm to extend and drive a guy out? Like, I don't even know how you would do that. So the fact that he's not dying every play is kind of impressive, if, if that's what the issue is. Let me ask you this, Josh, uh, because you have a chance to kind of watch it back. Like, how much evidence was there? Because I didn't really get I – didn't, I didn't record it. I wasn't going to pay 60 bucks so I could watch it back. I'm sorry. Um, and they haven't. I haven't seen it shown replayed all week. It's on YouTube, I think, but I, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen it on just, television. Just YouTube. Uh, so so I tried to set my DVR, like you know, for the you know nine o'clock showing or whatever, like it usually is after him. And they didn't do any of that. So was it noticeable? Because I've heard, I've seen people talking about like him kind of clutching his arm after certain plays. Did you notice any of that, Josh? Yeah, the very first holding call he got on that first drive, and it just it was just the way it worked out. They were talking about okay eric swinson's got the penalty here move oklahoma back and they shot to a you know a solo of him and you can see him sitting there stretching his arm and he's trying to move it like something is not right and then when like i said the way he kept getting beat was almost invariably to the outside they would get around him and you could tell he just didn't have the strength to kind of stonewall him with that left hand there's a play um I want to say it was Trey Sermon's run there late uh, in the second quarter, maybe. It was a touchdown run. And Swenson's got the best block on the offensive line. He drives down. He pushes him towards Humphrey down to the middle of the line and opens up a hole that pretty much Sermon runs through for his touchdown. So, I mean, there are things there that work, but you can tell whenever he has to go wide, it's a problem for him, and it's going to be a problem for Jalen Hurts. 
Yeah, and I look like you said, RJ Proctor was not bad. If if, if you can get Marquise Hayes back, which sounds like we will, it's a possibility. By the way, uh, <laughs> you want some more goodness from Bill Beatenbow? <laughs> just just uh, I you know, and that's a terrible situation to be in because it's just like. You're kind of like, I don't know what to do here. He's not cooperating. He's, one He's a hostile sir. witness. Uh, someone someone brought up, uh, you know, just trying to be lighthearted, like playing on the road for the first time. Is it going to be a little bit different being on the road? Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> See, I've shortened it a little bit so it sounds worse, but it's essentially... I think after that, he kind of caught himself, he and he did. was like, okay, I'm being a dick he now. He gave a real answer, but that was the real answer he wanted to give. Is it going to be a little bit different being on the road? Yeah, but who cares? He realized, okay, I'm being a dick. I, Basically, I, I, like, no excuses. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. I love the, that guy. It was the other little... It was, it was I had borderline another, erotic. I had another little one here. Not very good. Not up to our standard. Have to play better. Have to coach better. That was kind he of, said that he said that a lot last night. Yeah, got to coach better at least three or four times in five minutes. Well, and like, okay, who thought that this offensive line was just going? I mean, it's like after the first game, even the coaches were like, "Yeah, it was." You know, they were they were they just continued what they were doing from a year ago. They were physical and all, but think, like it's still a young line. They still have or they're still going to go through growing pains, and they're going through. This. That's why I was so surprised as far as. Through the preseason, when they exactly. were so positive they were about so everything, so high on everything, it gave you the impression that there had been no drop off, that these guys were clicking. What What I love most about this, guys, oh, you averaged eight yards a carry on Saturday <laughs> night. Oh yeah, and he is f***ing furious. And like eleven, that's... like eleven yards per snap, like ten point nine. They, put up, they or almost something. put up seven hundred and fifty yards of total offense, or I mean, uh, eight hundred yards of total offense. Yeah. What was it? Seven seventy three or something. But they like had that? four penalties. Yep. Seven, yeah. Seven thirty three is seven thirty three. Excuse me. Yep. And yep. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, like, and I get, like, I can see what he's talking about. There were problems for sure, but you know, even with it being South Dakota, that's an absurd number. That you know, you're averaging eight yards a carry, and you're like, this is this is awful. We got to figure we got to figure this out. You know, I mean, here's what it is. It is a coaching staff. And they're very smart. This is a very good coaching staff. Didn't didn't you guys kind of get the impression, especially talking to the defensive guys, like the coaches are beating in their head, yeah, you're getting ready to go play an 0-2 team that if you go and play like shit, you could actually lose this game. Sure. Yeah. I, I, there's been a lot of uh, mental gymnastics this week, I think, as far as I think that's a pretty tough coaching job that they have yeah. to undertake. Uh, because you can, I mean, everybody kind of knows it. You look at the... Uh, you and look they, at what UCLA's done over the last two weeks. Not only did UCLA lose last week, they played worse than they did the first week when they lost to Cincinnati. Yeah, and Cincinnati. I mean, uh, San Diego State's awful. I think they beat uh, somebody in the first week. Just it was like a fourteen-six game or something. Well, is it Dorian Thompson Robinson? Is that their quarterback's name? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was terrible against Cincinnati. Uh, and their defense has not been good. But I, Web, no, they beat Weber State six nothing in the first wow. week. San Diego State <laughs> did. But I, I mean, let's face it, they do have athletes. No, they do. I don't know how much longer they'll have athletes because Chip Kelly's still not recruiting anybody. I think the question that a lot of people ask is: Cincinnati and San Diego State's defense better than OU's? And this is the week where you start seeing the cracks in the just just like last year when they went to Ames. 
first road game, things started to fall apart. If this defense has just been smoking mirrors through these first two games, even Which though they they're not aware last year, yeah, even though maybe the Bruins aren't that good, they'll have enough pulse that they're going to give OU some problems. I just think going on the road, you know, being not a hostile environment, being away from home. I just think that this coaching staff knows that strange things can happen, especially when you're as young as they are on the offensive side of the ball uh, and without the track record, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Like you said, they could really, one bad thing happens, it could snowball on them. And, I mean, they, they there were times when a, you know, a FCS team last week went up and down on the field, you know, up and down the field on them a little bit. And then they got a turnover or, you know, uh, they something would happen, but they didn't score against the starting defense. But they did move the ball a little bit. They did. I mean, you think about Buki's fumble that was almost in the red zone. You think about Jaden Davis's pick and that was at the backups, but that was almost mm-hmm. in red zone. So they they were close to almost getting up twenty eight if things had worked out differently. So I, it hasn't been a dominant defense. I mean, it ha- it has you know in the beginnings and you know got some. You know, back-to-back three and outs here and there. But it's not... <laughs> they're getting some tackles for losses. <sighs> but from beginning they to end, it hasn't back-to-back been... three and outs. It's positive. Step in the positive well, I'm direction. Just saying, I know. That's where... They're not, they're where not they're a dominant from, team. Yeah. Where they're coming from, it's... you got to take the fundamental execution of fundamentals you got to take as a positive. And this will be the, the third down defense game. They were 1-12. That was what Grinch and Riley were really happy about Saturday. This will be that... Because they're going to probably have a lot of third and longs because they'll they'll do well. I don't think the Bruins will run that well against them early. And then it's going to be about getting off the field. I, I guess it will – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think it's mainly we're 2-0. and We haven't really been tested. They're 0-2, but they're really not an 0-2 talent team. Yeah. and I, That's their biggest I, It's It's concern. going to be interesting just as far to see can you get some production from some of those guys up front. I mean, I, I feel like they've been back there, but – you can't really say that they've just been great, have you? Can you, as far as the defensive line goes? The only question would be is... Like, if, I want to see a Jalen Redmond game. I want to see right. a... You think Kenneth Mann plays this week? I think we'll probably find out maybe tonight if... Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't I really don't get, get a, a great feel that Kenneth Mann is ready yet. Yeah. So you just wait for Tech. You got the bye week. No, no, neither. And, and like in pregame, like Kenneth Mann hasn't been out there with his nose in the drills and stuff like that. Like he's really been. Yeah, he's not even wearing the jersey the with back. pants. Yeah, he's not even in that. He's been in the background mode. quite a bit. By the way, if you want to know how bizarre, you pointed this out to me, Eddie, before the podcast started. Josh will love this. He's probably seen it too. You want to point out how bizarre OU's defense has been this year? Credit Bob. Is it Bob? Bob you pointed this out. Okay. Sorry, Bob. Uh, Parnell Motley, PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus. They put this out, PFF College. Through two weeks, they they show the completion percentage allowed for cornerbacks in all of FBS, Football Bowl Subdivision, if you're wondering what that meant. So far this season, minimum 10 targets allowed, number one in the country, Parnell Motley. As one what? As one does. As He's only allowed expects. one reception on twelve targets in coverage. I think I've looked at some of the comments. They're like, well, good good corners don't get targeted that much for the first two <laughs> two weeks. 
But it was a minimum of <laughs> ten targets. That's I mean, what you saying. had to be targeted ten times. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, people are just mad. You're a miserable person if that's your first. The thought. Alabama corners aren't on there. I'm sure. Oh, don't. Watch out. Don't talk about Alabama because I stepped into the yeah, wild world. Yeah, invite to go. I uh, almost 11 a.m. games. I almost chastised you for bringing those knuckle draggers into my timeline. I don't know how they came into your timeline. Somebody was like, report him to Kerry Murdoch. Is that we report him for Wait, what? what? I didn't see that. That's funny. I was just like, report him for what? I hate you too. There's that, nothing better than people. Eddie. Every that but I didn't want to get more of every, them going. Every just, fan base has that segment of people, but we are talking about the dumbest, most inbred hicks I've ever seen in my entire life. And Tony's probably part of a lot them of as them well. have found Twitter over the last, you know. Well, they're year, slowly migrating from Facebook. That's I why know. I swear to God, I I've been you telling you forever. guys. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. So is there a chance Eddie's not going with us? Could he's actually going to Tuscaloosa to see? No. Okay. Yeah, some dude invited you to a game, and I'm not doing that, Tuscaloosa. man. I'm not coming to hang out with you. Is that, <laughs> that's, like, that's that's the Facebook mindset. It's like, come down here, and I'll take you to a game and show you around. It's like be your friend. Tuscaloosa is the hottest place on earth, right? It's like. 11 o'clock, that, that's not the hottest part of the day ever. That's never the hottest part of the day. I hope every person gets dehydration at the game and heat stroke. Do you know the craziest wow. thing I saw this week is, uh, did you see what... No, oh, it's not like they're going to the Junction Boys, Josh. Did you see what David Ubbin wrote about Tennessee and Chattanooga? No. Like, there was a full-on riot... Years and years ago. Years yeah, and years I mean, ago. This isn't after Chattanooga recently. beat Tennessee... <laughs> Like Imagine people that. were being Tennessee carted losing off a football game in an embarrassing fashion. <laughs> well, and they're playing this week, so it was like, how? I mean, how much can you beat down a fan base that they've had the worst start, one of the worst starts in history, and you write a giant long form article about the time that they sent a bunch of Chattanooga fans to the hospital after they lost? Just an embarrassing. There are a couple programs out there that are just embarrassing. Tennessee's one of them. UCLA's one of them. Florida State's bordering. Josh, Florida State's you, a missed feel extra point away from being part of that group. Josh, Nebraska you, is oh, very boy. close. Whoa. I tried to I I kicked you out and then I welcomed you back in and you're getting ready to get kicked out again. Josh, did you know that Jeremy Pruitt was this big of an idiot? An idiot? No, a enormous douche. Yes, like that's that's been. <laughs> Well, I, I've heard that from a lot of people that he is just insufferable. Like, almost makes Nick Saban Saban seem congenial. Well, yeah, I mean, like I he, could I could see him being like a Nick Saban, you know, kind of just a dickhead. But mm-hmm. he's coming off in these post game press conferences like I want to say it's kind of John Blakeish. I remember. I guess I haven't watched enough. Like I saw, I've seen a few like clips, but I haven't seen enough. I guess to really. What was the Titanic deal that he, he? Oh, about the mice going up top to like showing who really wants to still be there. And people were like, what? "You're using a Titanic <laughs> reference to talk about your program." Like interesting, people, interesting play. People were like, "Do you, does anyone want to tell him?" Like, do you think that he's seen the movie Titanic? Do you think he knows what happens? Well, mice didn't survive. <laughs> they froze. Did they became micicles? He's never made it past Kate Winslet getting naked. He just stopped there. 
I forget. I don't know who said it, but when you go after Saban's people, sometimes you get a Kirby Smart, and sometimes you get a Pruitt. Oh. Yeah, you, you know, can't just keep picking off of the same staff all the time. But that—that's the way with a lot of these great coaches. Like people think, like it's just like going to rub off on the next. Like think how many guys have been hired from Shashevsky's staff through the years that were just flops, just monumental. This is why flops. you. This is why you're blocked. By Jeff Campbell. <laughs> Josh is blocked now too. This no, is why I'm, you guys yeah, I'm are blocked too. I'm blocked. Yeah, I went and checked. I was listening to the pod the other day. I was like, I wonder if I'm shit. Yeah, I'm blocked. Jeff Capel has blocked everyone from Sooner Scoop. For the record, I don't think I've ever interacted written a with story him. about like I have no connection to Jeff Capel. Good luck at Pittsburgh this year. Well, that should make Eddie feel better that Josh is blocked too. I'm probably the only one that has any reason to be blocked. And I've never said anything bad about him. I just reported that he was going to get fired. And he got fired. Good luck with Pittsburgh basketball this year. I, 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 I never understand. Like, why, why do that? Why give us the punchline? Like, that's all you're doing. Do you Probably think we're really concerned about what's, what's in your timeline? I they don't give a shit. They don't know Mute. I don't know. Maybe maybe we show up in his timeline because he's still following Oklahoma people. He just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, Eddie's right, though. He could just mute us. Or you said that. But, I mean. Yeah, I really I, don't I, care who gets credit about pointing out muting. Yeah, well, all right. You know, just want to make sure I'm accurate. So, anyway, um, real quick. I want to remind you guys, UCLA game is coming up this weekend. Uh, everybody's been kind of, it's been kind of a, I think there's going to be a mass exodus from Oklahoma out to LA because people are just like, well, they're giving away tickets. It's like far and away, but football. You think a lot of people that have they're planned this away. for months are pissed and now they're hearing they're just giving tickets away? Well, you have to be a season ticket holder, don't you? Yes. To claim yes. the free yes. tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine those those season ticket holders are probably putting those tickets on SeatGeek and saying, "Hey, I gotta make something out of this thing." Uh, there has to be some kind of like provision or something where they're like, "You can't resell them, or you have to pick them up the day of the game." I have no idea. I think you just—I e- mean, everybody just emails tickets to everybody Jesus. now. What an embarrassing! I'm like, I am preparing myself to see maybe one of the worst game day experiences from a. From a fan, I think it's going to be like going to watch the when the Mud Dogs played and Bobby Boucher played for them. Like the cheerleaders are going to be drunk on the sideline. That wouldn't be a passed bad thing. out. That wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't think UCLA I've seen has a pretty a stacked cheerleading atmosphere. squad. Yeah, they do. Well, I, I remember. I'm remember, trying to think. Kansas is probably the the worst that Kansas we've seen. Is the worst, yeah, by far. But that's it, really. Because maybe Baylor, like back circa in the day, 2008 ish. Yeah, it was pretty bad then. I mean, nothing like 2000. Yeah, and I, I never went down there for any of those games. But just from what we saw last week when uh, that we talked about it in the postgame pod, uh, the picture that Arash Makazi yeah. put out, like that literally there was less than 2,000 people, I bet, in that stadium. Yeah, and it holds 90. I mean, there's, there's going to be more OU fans, I think, for sure. I think there's going to be a certain segment of just general football fan in the L.A. area that will want to come see Oklahoma. Maybe. Yep. So a lot of, like, medium interest people or non-rooting interest, they're just They're there, just going to sit there. Just wearing board shorts and a tank top. They're not the ones that are going to stand on the bleachers and cheer. They're just going to sit 
It'll be a bunch of burnouts. <laughs> just sitting there with their edibles. No, but I mean... Like, Video might be pretty interesting if that happens. In 2005, it was a decent crowd. I mean, the end zones weren't full, but like the, their student section was there, and they had a guy with a microphone that was screaming at everyone. Doing the eight clap. Yeah. I just have this... I have this vision of the Rose Bowl that... You know, I the la the only time that I've ever been there was just so unbelievable. I'm ready to be oh yeah, just I mean taken aback by how shitty this is gonna be. No, I mean uh, not look, shitty, but you know, just from a UCLA standpoint, a letdown. Yeah, a letdown. Yeah, I mean George Oklahoma was one of the most you know regal college football events I've ever been to. Like it was just. The, the the stealth bomber flying over, the fireworks, you know, they had extra fireworks, uh, the stadium being full. It was just, it was unbelievable. Even the Rose Bowl in 2001, like, there was a little section that didn't have any people in it when it was Washington State, Oklahoma. But, like, that was just packed to the gills. Plus, you knew Herb Street and... and uh, why can't I remember? Fowler? Fowler. Uh, you knew they were in the building calling the game and everything. I mean, I think they were. Yeah. It was the best college football experience I've ever been. Yeah. It was fantastic. I don't... I, it won't be that this even, weekend. Even though Oklahoma lost, I think it was, bar none, the best experience I've ever been at a game. Uh, chills. Wanted, wanted to tell you guys... Sports chills. One of the things that I was working on uh, last night, uh, we can tell you about now... Uh, is we've got a new major sponsor coming to the podcast and want to tell you guys about it. I, I, I'm sure for those of you listening that have been to basketball games over the years, watched Thunder games on television, uh, just been to a, an OU football game, like Mid First Bank is a, you know, a premier partner uh, of OU Athletics. And they contacted us and said, hey, we, we love your podcast. We would love to sponsor it. Uh, and so MidFirst Bank is coming on board. Uh, we want to welcome them. We'll have all the, you know, produce stuff coming up pretty soon. But they've got a lot of stuff going on. They want you to go to midfirst.com slash OU-offer uh, and sign up for a MidFirst Bank credit card. And it has the OU on it. It's the, uh, the official uh, card of uh, OU. So debit card, you open a checking account, you can get the OU debit card. But the OU credit card, uh, go up, sign up for that. It's 12 months, 0% uh, financing on that right now. They've got a lot of great deals that goes along with that because of their connections to OU. Like if you've got a kid going to school, uh, there's a uh, bursar rewards option where you can use your rewards to pay down your bursar bill of your kid, which is a really good option. My parents would have uh, appreciated <laughs> that, I think. Yeah. Um, and also, every time you swipe either your debit card or your credit card from MidFirst Bank, uh, you are entered into the Ultimate Game Day uh, contest, which what it is is they, they award this Ultimate Game Day package once a year. They'll draw in November. Uh, it's 500 bucks in a, in a MidFirst debit card. Uh, you also get uh, VIP tickets to the game. You get to go down on the field. You get a tour of the facilities. Uh, but it, every time you use your mid-first OU credit or debit card, uh, you get entered into that drawing. 
and that happens once a year. So go to midfirst.com slash OU-offer and uh, give it a look. They're, they're supporting the podcast. We, we can't, we can't uh, uh, thank them enough for that. And uh, this will now be the uh, Midfirst Bank unofficial 40. So we'll sell out. Anytime, how about that? Anytime. That's how big this is. Pretty cool. We're willing to sell out the name. So thank you to Midfirst oh, I've been, Bank. I've told you guys before, I've been looking to sell out for a long, long ass time. <laughs> well, you're very cheap, though. That's the problem. You don't have they standards. Every, oh, I have no, I have no shame. Everyone has their price. Eddie's is just really low. Yeah. Mine's like 35 bucks and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> no. Thanks, Midfirst. Are you not, like, switched over to vaping? No, I'm not a douchebag. <laughs> I don't live you in that world. You have to have world. a man bun. I don't know what, what happens with that. I don't, have, I don't have very many friends that are in the... The vaping? The vape world. I think that's even, like, the younger demographic. Is I really vaping? Don't know. Young kids don't smoke? Smoke? I have no idea. I, I'm officially getting old. You I think are. I am an old. Yeah. You're not an olds. Not yet. Unless someone, unless you, your last wish is to be taken in a limo to El Phoenix, you're not an olds. I saw that. That was awesome, though. <laughs> saw that. You're gonna make you're gonna make me take you to that someday, aren't you, Carrie? I know it. No, I'm you will a- never be able to go to El Phoenix <laughs> with me again because you're just, you're Josh, just gonna crap on it. Yeah, Josh might agree with me. Just give me the cancer. <laughs> Bring the sweet relief. You, I mean, you son Let, of a bitch. Just you like El Phoenix? No, it's not bad. Hell, Phoenix is fine. It's more fun to give you shit about it, though. It's not, No, it's just... Look, it's like people think that I don't know what good Mexican food is just because I like El Phoenix. I know what good Mexican food is. Carrie, I grew up eating, like, Nino's in Oklahoma City. Nino's was not great Mexican food, but, like, it's what I grew up on. Yeah, so it's, like, what you grow totally up on eat. is yeah. kind of what you like, just like I like Taco Tico. Nino's, yeah. Nino's... I don't know if I ever went to Nino's, but... It probably was that a relative of Poncho's. Yeah, I Up think on they Expressway. Were, yep. Or yep. hell, it might have been in the same building. But I do remember at Poncho's, you put up the flag when you needed something, and that was badass. <laughs> <laughs> it was the precursor to the Brazilian Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah it, it was the precursor to <laughs> Texas Day Brazil for sure. <laughs> Man, Poncho's was the shit back in the day until they started finding feces in the food. Yeah, it's one of those that things. That would be a downer. <laughs> it's one of those things, though. As long as it tastes good, I don't really care what's in it. You don't. The, just don't tell me. The be- <laughs> I'm with Eddie. I want. I, I'm with Eddie. I want ignorance. Just give me ignorance. I'm just fine. Don't okay. tell me about it, and I'll be okay. I mean, did you, are you we guys, go, are we going to where? El Cholo, right? Hell yeah, we're Cholo? going to El Cholo. We going tomorrow night? We get in like at six thirty. You want to go? I have night? to. I don't know. Is it more of a dinner or a lunch? Oh, it's it's whatever you it's want. It's whatever, yeah. I mean, they're they got good appetizers. Multiple. There's multiple locations. Oh yeah, there? they're it's like the Ted's of L.A. I need to do some reviewing tonight. Bob, can you eat Mexican food or will your stomach explode? I will have to be very choosy, but yes. Ah, let's test the waters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're rooming with him, so. <laughs> Bob, you're not eating. <laughs> you're not eating this trip. You better bring uh, some. Uh, I'll bring some extra. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what, what's the drink uh, that I used to drink them in like middle school before school? 
probably won't. Ibuprofen, like like, like, like uh, uh, Imodium D. No, 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 no. It's a uh, it's like a meal replacement almost. Oh, uh, um, dang it! I know what you're talking about. They have like vanilla and chocolate and strawberry. Insure. Insure. Well, Insure. that's what old folks that's drink. A, I used that's I used a, to drink Insure. <laughs> what? My parents trying to like fatten me up. They were probably just trying to keep your... You, did you have brittle bones or something? I don't know. No, I've never broken a bone in my body. It, did you have childhood osteoporosis? That's probably true. That's probably true. You're, I have no hey, idea. Your parents were just setting up future segments for you. You know, Jalen, Kyler. I mean, they, they, they'd set you up. You're welcome. Yeah, I've been there fat shamed for the second straight year. Not <laughs> happy. <laughs> I don't think that Jalen Hurts was fat shaming you other than he was just telling the truth by your... By your body composition, he doesn't know that I. He can't squats five hundred pounds. Eddie. He doesn't know Eddie can't hang. I'm just wondering why you can tell Eddie can't hang just by looking at him. See, that's another that's another assumption. We don't know that for a fact. I can't hang. Bob can't hang. He's skinny. You too, maybe hang. can't. Maybe I have this unbelievable stamina that I could. Bob, did you really buy that shirt for like five bucks somewhere? No, oh, that's a that's a. Uh, did you have that's that? It's an before? online production. Yes, you you had it before. I everything did. felt went to shit. Jake gets me a lot of okay. shirts from this one company. It's like super soft. He's got the NBA Jam, Russell Westbrook, uh, Paul Pierce. I almost bought Paul that. Pierce, Paul it's George. a collector's edition. Now. I almost bought that. You can buy it for like three bucks. It's a it's a Christmas gift. I that's a from cool shirt. Jake, that, that was an awesome shirt until they blew it up. No. By the way, I don't want to see Chris Paul naked. I'm not. I'm not getting the body issue. Okay. <laughs> like, Bob was like, "What? Where are we going with? Why this? would you see Chris Paul naked? Do we have to announce all the men we don't want to see naked? Is this part of the pod now? It's a no, new segment. Thank you. Just the ones I don't want to see Brooks Kepka naked. Just the ones that were in ESPN. The body. Okay. So you know what this implies is that there are there some are that you some do want to see naked. That doesn't imply. You're, you're totally wrong. <laughs> it's just like they, they were talking this morning about uh, how, I don't know, one of the Jenners is posing nude with like Travis Scott or something in Playboy. Well, it's probably her husband. One of those. Is it Kylie? Baby daddy. It, Kylie, I think, the, isn't that her baby daddy? I don't even know which Jenners are which. Kendall, Kylie, Kendall I don't Kylie, have a, I don't Kyler. Have a clue. Oh, I do. I mean, it, I'm telling you. Okay. I don't need to see couples in Playboy. Who? Here's a question. Naked couples. Who's reading Playboy Who's in reading 2019? Playboy? <laughs> That's the better question. Well, why do you think that they're having a jitter in there? Because nobody's reading it. Blake Griffin had a nice dig at uh, oh, Caitlyn awesome. Jenner. That was really good. You can go search that out. We don't need to play that on the pod. But yeah, that was... Uh, considering that he is dated a jitter. I said that nicely. And by dated, you mean <laughs> just just for the listeners that maybe have some problems that I uh, thought we were gonna. I thought we would just. That's my fault for even set it up. I, Am I not supposed tee, to swing? You tee him up a lot and then tell him to hold the club. Okay. I don't tee him up a lot. That's not true. That's like you do. That's like giving the take sign on a. a 3-0 fastball and just saying don't swing or I mean allowing me to swing and then saying don't never mind 
Well, uh, I mean, and he hit it over the fence. Oh, yeah, we just scored a home run for sure. <laughs> Can we... Okay, I want to get back to football for a second. So, two games in. Oh, damn. Fine. Two games in. Curry's ruining the pod. Is this... Do we know less about this team than any team in recent history? I don't... Maybe. Just about what they are. Yes. I, yeah. I would say yes. Because you always, in a way, even with Kyler last year, it's kind of messed up to say this, but you always had this feeling that you could fall back on something. I don't know what... And you had that offensive line. You had the offensive line to fall back on last year, and it was like, okay, if everything, you know, if everything, if shit hits the fan, you're still going to be okay because you're going to be able to run the ball in a way. This year, I still don't know if... Jalen Hurts can make the throw that beats. Yeah, a is Texas. he the real deal? Right, and in a in a really odd way, maybe I've just talked myself into this, but maybe we do learn a little bit about this team as just as far as the nuts and bolts of can they go on the road and take care of a game that they should? Is well, that is that a fair way to put it? Well, I'll throw it out to Josh because after the first game, you were saying Jalen didn't have to do much. What did you think of his second game and some of those deep those deep balls? Uh, you know, and I can kind of lead this question from what Carrie or from what Eddie was talking about into what you're talking about, Bob. I, I have somebody asked me in the board chat today. You know, how do you feel about OU's chances two games in as compared to where you were, you know, before the season? You know, as far as winning the Big Twelve championship, going to a playoff again. I'm a little back from it. Like I, I I'm a little more concerned than I expected to be at this point in the year. I, Jalen Hurts, if that first read isn't there, he gets happy fast. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's, you're, I, I don't know that you fix that in a couple of weeks. I think that's there, and I think it's part of it is not his fault. I think it was ingrained in him in Alabama. If the easy, quick read isn't there, yeah. go get something with your feet. Like, don't don't put anything at risk. Don't take a shot. You know, don't have a chance for a sack. We don't want negative plays. If you go get three yards. On a you know on a first and ten we can live with that and we'll go to second and seven and we'll work from there. So I, I think there's some of that, and at the same time, you know, with Hurts, you watch him on these deep balls. There's been three or four over these last few weeks where there were a, there was a lot of space for him to work with, and he just didn't get the ball where it needed to be. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't like it was a terrible throw. It was just you let the corner back in on the play, and it's hurt Oklahoma a couple of times. Right, where he had the, the space, but he brought it actually closer to making it a more difficult play than an easier one. Then I mean, had, to, to turn the words, he threw a receiver you know, covered instead of open. Yep. So Let me ask you this, Josh, um, because I've had a chance to watch most of it, but... And, and this is for any of you guys, because I don't know how much how much you guys had a chance to catch back up on Texas LSU. Um, Bob shakes his head no, which really helps when you have a mic in front of your face. Um, he's still shaking his head no. Uh, it's a verbal medium, Bob. Um, <laughs> so, uh, right now, do you think Texas is a better team than OU? Because I'm going to say yes. I... I kind of lean that way. I and I really the and I said it before. I think the season. Tom Herman's an idiot, though. I mean, the yes. decisions that he made to not kick field goals early in that game, and I know uh, they I, dropped a touchdown pass, but still, you weren't going to get in the end zone from the one yard line on fourth down against that defense. 
I think when you chase points early, it almost always ends up biting you. I I, I, I get it in the fourth quarter when you're trying to set up scenarios. Yeah. You, you can kind of know how many possessions remain and that kind of thing. But first quarter, take the points you can get. Go, you know, I, and when I, you're at home and you're – I mean, there's a huge difference when it's, you know, uh, what was it? What was the score progression? Did they, was it twenty four to three or twenty to three at halftime? Twenty to seven or twenty to mm-hmm. seven? Yeah. Yes. So like they could have been like thirteen three at one point if they would have kicked the field goals. They would have been up on LSU thirteen to three. And being at home with the crowd on your side, LSU being in that environment with a quarterback that hasn't been on that stage before, like who knows what could happen? And Herman just gave them. I mean, just just took away points off the, off the board twice. My my biggest problem in this conversation, and it's it's really it's what I talked about in the preseason. I thought these two teams were fairly close, and I thought Oklahoma was going to have an edge at quarterback because I've never been a big Sam Ellinger guy. I thought Sam played the best game of his career. I do too. I, yeah. I thought he was really really good against LSU. Made some throws I didn't think he could make. Um, by or the at way, least hasn't shown before. Colin Johnson seems to be regressing, while Devin Duvernay seems to be coming into his own. You know, I made a comment like early in the first half about Colin Johnson being this guy that I get it that he looks pretty and he does all this stuff, but what game has he ever really taken over? And someone came back and was like, "Well, last year's Big Twelve Championship game." And I went back and looked at the stats. I was like, "I don't remember that." Like, I mean, yeah. he had like eight catches for a hundred. I mean, like, there's no argument. He had a great, great game. But I don't remember feeling like, wow, oh, you just can't do anything with Colin Johnson right here. Like I, I, I don't I mean, remember him just dominating that game. May, maybe it's shell shock. You just got so used to that secondary law, like somebody's going to get the yards. What damn difference does it make who it was? But I, I, he just he never catches my eye. He never does anything. Now, Devin Duvernay, with his speed, he can stretch anybody. And he was physical. I just saw highlights. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all I've seen. But he looked. He was physical. <laughs> that's why I, I didn't catch up on the game at all. I've seen like a twelve-minute highlight package. He looked. Is this a, what? A lot more. Is physical. this what? Is this what you were actually saying, Bob, when you were shaking your head? Like yes. that just that, that was the subtext. Yes, okay. twelve-minute highlight package. YouTube. <laughs> that's what I've seen of that game. But I, I will say this: Texas, their safeties and linebackers will hit you. Like they had the Osai guy. I mean, Beat, but didn't know BJ anything Foster about him. Out for a yeah, few he more, is out weeks. for a while. Let's um, see if he's back. And I didn't think Caden Stearns really was he even in that game or is he out or I he mean, was. Like, no, no, I didn't played. notice him a whole lot. And I, I, I thought they did a really good job taking him out of that game because if there's anybody on the Texas defense, I buy it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stearns is legit. Foster is exactly what you're talking about. He's a Mack truck. He hits. Like he'll meet Trey Sermon anywhere, anytime. Like that that kid, I, I've watched him. He's from the Houston area. I, I think I added him to the rivals database when he was like a sophomore in high school. But he's he's a monster. Um, By the way, but well, at the same time, he can he can be hurt in coverage. So I mean, there's I, that was the thing that surprised me. I thought I would see more from the Texas secondary than I saw. They looked overmatched in that yeah, second half. Yeah, surprising for DBU. Well, they were going up <laughs> against DBU. I, By the way, Stingley know, plays a the, bunch for LSU. And he's friggin' good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. And yeah. Theo Wee just handled him at the five-star last year, which is well, just even more bizarre to me. 
I don't know if you guys saw it. I tweeted about it. About the same time Stingley had a big breakup in the LSU game, Theo Weiss had his touchdown. Like, I mean, within like a minute or two of each other. It was real close together. It was funny. It's almost like recruiting matters. I don't know. Weird. What do you take, what do you take out of that play by Theo Weiss? I heard you guys talking about it. I couldn't agree more. Like, if there was any guy of the three that I would have said, that's not going to happen, it would have been Theo. Like, Theo's just so long and kind of lanky. Like, that's not really what you expect of him. But, I mean, not part of it was that defense was tired and they'd been chasing around guys all night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I get all that. But that's that's pretty beastly. I mean, that was something that Trey Sermon would be proud of, shaking people off like that. And I think I've, that was his mouthpiece at the end that went flying yes, into it the was. end zone. Yeah. Oh, my God. He got tattooed into the end zone. Oh, he earned it. There's yeah. no doubt. Um, but, no, I – the, the three freshman receivers, I mean, you know, I, again, I heard you guys talking about Jaden Hazelwood may be the most talented freshman receiver OU's ever had. Like, I mean, ever. He's, We're seeing a different gear from him than everybody uh-huh. else. Yep. And even yep. in some respects, he's got a different gear than CeeDee Lamb does mm-hmm. in terms of, I think, just his explosiveness. Yep. Oh, and he's so much, I mean, not so much in the upper body, but his lower body is so much bigger than CD's yeah, was at the same yeah. point. I mean, he's he's kind of powerfully built in the lower body. Um, so, Josh, but, just to kind yeah. of backtrack just real quick, do you kind of agree that there's no way that these three wide receivers, uh, talking about the, you know, Weiss, Hazelwood, and uh, Bridges, predominantly with Hazelwood, I don't think there's any way that we look up and, the seventh game of the year, and he's not a major part of this offense. Hazelwood? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Honestly, I think you'll start to see A.D. Miller's time, Wayne, and you'll start to see Nick Basquin's time, Wayne. Because, like, you look at that play, the big catch that uh, Bridges had where he caught a short one and he just about broke it for a score of his own. Mm-hmm. Nick Baskin's not doing that anymore. Like that, that's just not. I mean, it's not his fault, man. He, he's suffered all kinds of stuff. It's amazing that he's even back out there. But at some point against Texas in the playoffs, against some of the you know against Oklahoma State, you're gonna need that guy that can make more than that. You know, he can make twenty yards out of a seven yard catch, and not just well, he got ten out of that. You're gonna need those free yards that elite athletes can get you and. I get why they love Nick Baskin. I do. I mean, he, he, he seems like everything you want your program to be. But at the same time, if you're trying to go the places you want to go, you're going to have to make that move at some point. By the way, I want to remind you guys, we, we talked about uh, going out to L.A. Uh, and the, um, you know, the tickets being you know easily accessible and all that stuff. And a lot of people said they're going out to, uh, to, to the game without tickets and they're just going to buy them there. Well, if you do do that or you're looking for tickets for this weekend or, you know, anything, really, concerts, uh, whatever, check out the SeatGeek app. Go download it now in the App Store or the Google Play Store, and uh, it's a great app. It'll show you uh, the best prices uh, in the stadium. It'll show you, you know, where you sit in the stadium. Uh, It'll show you what the best deals are, what's a bad deal. Uh, And also, like, if you got Spotify on your phone and you have certain artists that you follow, things like that. It'll show you, like, when they're coming to town in concert, too. Uh, and give you an alert, send you emails, just keep you up to date on everything that's going on, uh, both in the sports world, music world, uh, whatever you get tickets for. So go down the C- go download the SeatGeek app. I know Eddie used it recently. 
uh, when he went to Wrigley, bought yep. tickets. Uh, yeah, it was awesome for there. I know a lot of people have been going on saying, "Hey, SeatGeek," you know, on on the message board saying SeatGeek's fees uh, aren't as much as some other people's fees. So uh, give them a ch- give them give them a, uh, give them a look, and they've been a great sponsor of the pod uh, over the last two seasons, and glad to have them back again this year. So uh, SeatGeek.com or uh, check out the SeatGeek app for uh, tickets this weekend. Okay, um, now. It's going to be Iowa State and Iowa get get together this weekend. That's kind of the game that if you're the Big 12, you know, nobody was going to root for Texas, let's face it. I mean, it would have been nice if they would have won for the Big 12, but nobody if, cares if they nobody lost. Nobody cares if they that they lost. Exactly, Bob. Uh now I think people will care about Iowa State cuz they tend to screw this game up every year. Game day is going to be in Ames. Uh this could be a pretty big moment for the Big 12 this weekend who's had it pretty good up to this point. You look at Matt Campbell, he kind of needs this because you know they're the team that's been on the rise the last couple seasons, but they can't get over that seven, eight win hump. This is the type of game that can get them to a nine and three or a ten and two. And for the first time ever you know, ever being in Ames, I sort I sort of wonder what those kids are going through right right now. They're used to being the underdogs and now the spotlight is on them this this week. You know what's crazy? As I said this as I was watching them play Northern Iowa. What, name me the last Iowa State quarterback that's gotten better as his career's gone on. It's like Iowa State has turned into kind of like Oklahoma had been with, with cornerbacks. Like they, they would start out well, like Jordan Thomas. Start out well. As the career went on, they get worse. They get replaced by a younger guy. And that's kind of what's been happening with Iowa State and quarterbacks. It Go back, I mean... Who was before Kyle Kempt? Uh, it was that. Uh, it was the guy that killed guy. OU last year. Zeb Nolan. Zeb, Zeb Nolan. Yeah. Zeb. It was like Zeb Nolan, and then he got replaced by Kyle Kempt, and Kyle Kempt got replaced by Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy didn't have a great game against North uh, Iowa, Northern Iowa. I mean, if he doesn't have a good game against Iowa, is that a red flag? I think it's. Yeah. I think it's red flag, anyways. I don't know. I'm well, not as high on Iowa State as everybody else. Without though. Butler, Montgomery, maybe they're just not that type of team. That is Charlie Kolar their really, best receiver. That would be an indictment. Yeah, I mean he's he's good. He's a good player, but he shouldn't be your number one. He might get drafted. I mean, I think he's definitely will get drafted. He kind of has a little. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying and he's Greg Kittle, but he has a little bit of yeah, that no, in him, doesn't he? But I mean, at kind Norman of a big, North, long, just a a big body. At Norman North, I mean, he was a really, really good high school. Like I think he was more effective at Norman North than than George Kittle was at Norman High. Yes, that's true. He I was don't a bigger think part of their realize offense. the growing that George Kittle, yeah. like when he went up to Iowa City and came back, that was he was like a different person a different human altogether it's almost like iowa's weight program is absurd yeah <laughs> it's kind of weird how that works isn't it maybe yeah. they've got the nebraska juice from the 80s that'd be so awesome I mean, do a steroid cycle it's one of the few things in the country where iowa has one of the highest paid position guys i mean he, he's like top three or four in the country uh he's up there with the alabama guy uh, Deshante Jones is their leading receiver currently. Yes, he had, yeah. he had a big game. I just don't know anything about the kid. 14 catches against Northern Iowa. Charlie had four for 45. 
I mean, they, they definitely took a hit losing David Montgomery. They don't have anybody quite like that. And they definitely don't have a Keem Butler. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that goes. I mean, how surprised are you guys with Spencer Sanders? Not very. I mean, I just always go back. If Lincoln Riley, that's the first guy he goes to after Cam Rising leaves. Lincoln Riley knew Sanders was going to be damn good. And Sanders didn't budge, so he moved on. But I just don't understand why Sanders didn't get any time last year. But that's over and done with. I was never as big a Sanders fan. I And I, I, I've always kind of heard mixed stories as far as how deep OU got with him. Like, I still feel like if OU really wants to push for a kid from Denton, it's going to be really tough for that kid to say no. Um, but I, I think that they realized there wasn't a lot of point, and I I would much rather have Adrian Martinez, who was their next you know legitimate mm-hmm. offer in that race, and I thought he was I, – I still think he could be fantastic, but like we've talked about, Nebraska may be a train wreck. I'm not sure yet. I just don't think Scott Frost is going to fail. I hope it is. <laughs> a train well, wreck? Yes. Yeah. There is a pattern he's starting to show of having trouble hanging on to leads. I mean, it went back to last year. They should have made a bowl with all the games they blew late. And then it happened again against Colorado where that game was in hand and Nebraska just found a way to screw it up. But, the, I mean, Nebraska really did get – I mean, they became that program that started celebrating every three-star that they got. I mean, it's just like mm. – it's not like they've been stacking up a lot of talent. No, I mean, that that's – but, I mean – are they less talented than Colorado, who hasn't recruited for anything for yeah. about, pretty much since Bill McCartney left? Yeah, no. I don't. I, Nebraska being shitty is. I don't like it. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. I I I think it's it's good for college football, and the blue bloods are good. It just is. I just think those Nebraska people are going to go whether they're good or not. They're just. I mean, they're just. They're like a bunch of old people that just love the love the Huskers. Win or lose. There's not a, I mean been a I'm lot sure, of losing. I'm sure <laughs> online you have the crazies, decade. but like my impression of Nebraska fans is always just gonna be, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stand love, and clap for you no yeah, matter what. Farmers that just love their their kids. Did you feel that way when you went to Lincoln all those times? Like No, they were assholes. Okay. <laughs> no, they like that whole thing about all those stories over the years about they how get classy their, their fans right, were. Of being the best. I didn't think they were classy at all. I think is that something that uh, Barry Trammell would <laughs> oh. take up with you? I don't want to get very mad. I don't want to speak for Barry Trammell. That'll get me in trouble. Not like Barry's, you know, the devil or anything. No, I'm I'm just saying he I, I feel like he's always somebody that would stick up for Nebraska. I I mean, I think probably in the eighties. I mean, outside of the early two thousand happened, and outside of outside of the mid nineties, when I was you know eight, Nebraska football has never been a thing in my life. I know, I know, in my lifetime, and it's never been. I think people my age too, the OU Nebraska, you know, quote really? unquote rivalry, that's never been a thing in my life. Well, yeah, I mean, twenty ten is probably the best they've been. Well, they I played mean, OU in the Big outside 12 of, outside of those they 90s of teams it. that, yeah. you know, scored 73 in Norman and Oy. I mean, that well, was uh it was the, what was that Martinez? Shane Martinez was that their quarterback? Um when they had Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Martinez, Martinez, that's right. Mm-hmm. 
who had the hel- the infamous helicopter dad, uh, and uh, the running back. God dang it, uh, H- Halu, right? Oh, Roy Halu. Roy yeah, Halu. Yeah, I've heard that, that one. Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. he was a pretty good running back. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just haven't had. They've had a Prince of Mukamara here and there. Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead's a great running back. (laughs) Shut up. Greatest ever, right? Mm. I think he's one of the best running backs to ever come from Nebraska. Certainly from Plano. All right. Whatever. I mean, he's got to be up there in the top five Rexes. Tell me who else besides the Patriots would keep that guy on their roster. Rex the Wonder Horse was always pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um... Josh, you want to tell us about uh, guys that came in last weekend? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, you know, there were three official visitors. You had uh, Jacquez Robinson, the Alabama commitment from Florida, uh, a corner, uh, Alfred Collins, defensive lineman from the Austin area, um, and Brian Darby, the kind of wide receiver athlete commitment from um, College Station. Well, obviously, Darby... Loved it. Everything went well. You know, it, it, it sounded very status quo for him. Just, you know, felt really good about it. Loved what OU's wanting to do with him. Um, and he's, you know, that's kind of what we talked about. I, you know, I did an interview with him after the game. Um, I don't know if we've run that yet or not. But um, he is, he, he, you know, people kind of always ask me, well, what, what's, what's OU's playing with him? I, I think it's pretty open-ended for him, too. Like, I could see him being used in, like, a Lee Morris kind of role. I could see him kind of being not not a Dimitri Flowers type, but like a very ultra-athletic H-back type of guy. They could, they could do a lot of different stuff with him, and I think that's what they like about him is he's really unique. He's a, he's a guy that I can't – like I said, Lee Morris is about as close as I get to a, a direct comparison to somebody we've seen in OU's offense. So it'll be kind of fun to see what they do with him. But like I said, the visit itself, everything went well. They seem really happy. Uh, Alfred Collins, I, I've talked to him. I actually need to run the interview this afternoon. Um, he loved it. I, he, he really enjoyed it. Came up with his mom and his dad. I, I got the impression of talking to some people that he's not the lock to Texas that some people want to believe. Now, I don't know if I believe that, but I, there is there's some hope in some of the sources I talked to that Oklahoma really does have a chance with him. And he's a big, long defensive lineman. I saw him a few weeks ago. He goes about 6'5", 6'6", about 285. Uh, He's a nice fit for what Oklahoma's doing up front. Very twitchy guy at that size. So there's a a lot to like about him. And like I said, I think OU really kind of made an impact. Um, The final one is Jacquez Robinson. Uh, Like I said, an Alabama commitment since way back, and I believe February. And... I got the impression that it surprised some Alabama people that he took that trip. I don't think it was a, a known thing, although I think before he left he did pass along to Alabama, but I don't think it was something where you know he had made sure he got clearance before he did it or anything like that. He just kind of told him, hey, I'm going. And talking to him, he loved it. I mean, he loved the defense. He loved what they were selling him on early playing time. He, he felt like he was a guy that was very different from what they had on campus. And as a corner, he could kind of come in and make an early impact. And, and he bought into all of that. I think he is hung up on something we've heard with a lot of DBs. And he's clearly heard this from some staffs recruiting him. Is, I guess, outside of Norman staffs recruiting him. That, well, how much experience does Roy Manning have coaching corners? You know, how many guys has he put in the league? How much time has he spent playing the position, coaching the position? 
how confident can you be that that guy is going to develop you into the player you want to be? And you could tell that, like, I talked to him for about 15 minutes, and that was the only thing he could come up with as an uncertainty about a situation with Oklahoma. Uh, okay, so let me throw this out there. Bob, I know uh, he made some comments on Twitter, but uh, Brendan Walker basically caught going to an OSU game dun, last dun, weekend. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you know, talked to him a couple of weeks ago at in the, the, the Moore scrimmage, and he said he would be going to every OU home game and taking it easy, not caring anything about recruiting mm-hmm. throughout the entire season. And then me and Eddie did watch him Friday night. Uh, I mean, he had his moments, but there were a lot of times when Dell City would definitely plan their attack to go away from him. And then there were times where you just thought maybe he just needed to take over, even though the Eagles were doing every, everything they could to make sure he wasn't involved. When you're that good, you just need to make a play and they unable to get the job done there. But surprise was definitely that we had a source tell us flat out, you know, we saw Brendan Walker at OSU playing the same type of opponent. It's not like the game in Stillwater was so much yeah. better that you wanted to go there. So a little interesting. And then he puts out that tweet about how tough re- the recruiting process is. And, yeah, it can be a lot tougher, too. And if I don't know if when he, you keep flipping commitments. Yeah. And I don't know if he tried to make it a secret visit. And if Brian Odom and Ruffin McNeil didn't know about it or if they knew and just weren't bothered that he was going to McNeese State game because he knew that environment wasn't going to scare him mm-hmm. or what. But, yeah, this sounds like something that as, as firm as he wants to be, he's not. And so this might be something that lingers just a little bit longer before he finally feels 100% comfortable. And it might have to take an official visit to both schools for him to really make up his mind. Now, have you reached out to him to see if he would confirm that he took that visit or not? I I sent them a, a text. I haven't heard back yet. And, you know, that that's par for the course during this time of year. A lot of kids will just say they're focused on their, on their season. And they don't really, they're not going to answer. And that's. So, in other words, you'll probably be going out to see Brendan Walker again sometime soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and part of it is, though, he's the only kid in the metro area that is really on OU's radar. But, yeah, when you add in this, now you don't just go to watch him play. Now you actually have to keep tabs with him and try to try to get a feel of and I, what he's saying and is it legit or is he just saying what you think he wants you to hear. I guess the big question, I mean, you just have to ask him one question, is are you still committed to Oklahoma? See what he says, right? See what he says, see his mannerisms, his voice inflection. Does does he pause? Does he sigh? Mannerisms and voice inflection. Mm. That you, that's why you have to do it face to face. That's why I hate. I know this CSI is, this, CSI sooner scoop. This is more of me and Josh. Think, I hate DM interviews because you can't get a <laughs> yeah. feel of what those kids are really saying. No, that's why. It. Is I that why it. you've been asking Carrie to buy a, a lie detector test? <laughs> <laughs> Strap them up. How much more money could you give me for doing podcasts? We need a heat lamp. <laughs> Hell yeah. That sways back and forth. And we need a urine sample, but that has nothing to do with recruiting. <laughs> All right. Um, don't really know where to go from there. Brock. Go, 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 Brock. Uh, so w- w- the video is coming. It's been a it's work up. in progress. Is up. it up now? It's okay. Up. The video it's is the up board. now. Yep. It's on the board. We have a hobbled Brock Vandegrift. You have to watch the video and you have to watch it once and then you watch it again with it in mind that he played on a broken fibula. 
That's insane. Like when you watch it the first time, do you just think, "Oh, he's not he's, very athletic. He's slow." It's just like, he's, why is he? Why is he hobbling? And then it's like, "Oh, he broke his leg. He's still playing." Josh, what was that night like? You were there in Atlanta when it happened. Uh, you know, I've never seen a Greek tragedy, but that's kind of what it felt like. Like I had been so excited to go. I'm just jinxed with OU quarterbacks. Like you know, we've talked forever about the Spencer Rattler and all the trouble I had going to see him. And then I get out to Vandegrift, and it's so perfect, man. Like, I get out there, and I'm there. I get out to the school at, like, 3 o'clock that afternoon before his, you know, about four hours before his kickoff. And I'm hanging out with his dad and the coaching staff, and everybody's just being incredibly open and just talking to me about whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people that are support staff there at, you know, at the school. And it, it's just – it's a really great setup and everything. And, I, you know, I send you guys a, a message in our little group DM right before um, – uh, the game, and I was like, guys, we may be able to do sights and sounds because I'm like videotaping in the locker room, like their pregame stuff, and as they're going over some of their calls. Like, I mean, the, I, I, I've, I've just been given license to everything. Now, for all the coaches out there that listen that are terrified, we would have run audio over the calls and stuff. We weren't going to out the whole game plan or anything. But I mean, it was cool background to just be there and be able to shoot it a little bit. So they take the ball, it's perfect. Brock drives right down the field. He's four for four for like 65 yards on his first drive. Makes a beautiful touchdown throw. I thought when he let it go, he'd overthrown the receiver. And I actually heard him and the receiver talking about it at halftime because, again, I got to sit in the locker room. And they're talking about it. And Brock's like, when I let it go, I thought I overthrew you just a little bit. And the receiver's like, no, man, it was perfect. And, I mean, it just it, – I'm sure Eddie put the highlight up. It's right on his fingertips. It's a great catch, great throw. Everything's perfect. Well, I scan back over to get some, you know, B-roll basically of Brock, and he's not up. And I'm like, okay, he's still not up. He's still not up. He's not getting up. And finally he does, and he kind of limps off. And you're like, okay, he rolled his ankle. You know, he'll move it around a little bit. Trainers will work on him. He'll be fine. Well, about mid-first quarter, you're like, no, he's not fine at all. Like, you, you can tell. I mean, he's already hobbling, and they've got him this huge tape job on his ankle. But I still thought he just rolled his ankle. Well, as the game goes on, he keeps having problems. He tries to run, roll, like, and it, you could tell it was hard for Brock because his natural instinct when he would get pressured, and his offensive line is not particularly good, and the defensive line he was playing against probably had some Division II type players. So they were chasing him around, giving him some trouble. Well, his immediate thought is to run around and move away from the, the danger. Well, he can't. And so then he, it's like his brain is immediately into flight mode, and then he realizes he can't, and he's like, well, throw the ball. Like, he'll just get rid of it, and he's just not – you could tell his body and his brain were not working together. But the kid still was 32 of 41 for, like, 330 yards and two touchdowns. So, like, it wasn't like it was a bad night. He just – you could tell he wasn't anywhere near himself. Yeah, other than the broken leg and the loss. Yep. Wasn't a bad yep. night. Yeah, and, and what made me feel worse is before the game, he comes out, we're talking a little bit, and I'm like, Brock, I, I hardly ever will stick a camera in a dude's face – but I came all the way out here, so win for me. Like, if, I won't stick a camera in your face if you lose, but win. And he's like, I got you. I got you. And I'm like, and I mean, like, they beat that team twice last year. It's like a rivalry game. I wasn't really worried about them being a letdown. It was like a top five game in their class. Uh, and so you're thinking, okay, this is going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. Of course not. No, no. It had to go wrong. It had to go bad. Brock immediately, like, he wasn't on the field for more than 30 seconds after the, you know, the handshake line. And they cart him off over back to the tent. I didn't have the heart to go back in the locker room for that one. So, um, 
It, it, it wasn't good. And, you know, his dad told me after the game, he goes, I, I think he might have broken it. And I was like, broken what? And he goes, he, I think he broke a bone. And I, and I still was thinking ankle. So I went back thinking like, oh, God, he broke his ankle. And then I get a, I wake up to my 6 a.m. flight out of Atlanta. I wake up at about 4.15 at my hotel, and I get a message from his – and I'd had a message from his dad, and it said something like he broke his fibula. So, you, you know, it just – the fact, that, again, like Eddie's right, go watch that video and realize he's doing it pretty much on one leg. And that's, I mean, whatever else you want to say. Still throw some pretty good balls. Yeah, it's a tough freak. I mean, he literally threw a touchdown on a broken freaking leg. So I, that's, that's not bad. In a, By the way, I want to I wanna take a quick moment, Eddie, to apologize for uh, basically questioning whether commitment videos led to um, dumbasses or, you know, people that never played. Transfer portals. Transfer portals, whatever. Because Josh is the ultimate jinx. We can't be. be. I can't be talking down <laughs> to commitment videos when Josh is the ultimate jinx. Not Josh and the... I'm like Sherman rolling through the South. If I go into the South, bad shit will follow. Like, it's... Either decommitments, injuries. If I go see a player, I'm going to see Edgerin Cooper in a couple weeks, guys. He needs to just be prepared. Like, that was roll me. himself. Well, Eddie and I haven't been able to stomach a road trip since the, you know, the Jacob Phillips stuff. Well, we had Tavion Thomas when we we were both there for, yep. for that oh, one. God, and, yeah, and <laughs> that one of the Thomas. weirdest games we've ever Who seen. Doesn't even play for Cincinnati. <laughs> Probably I mean, one of our all-time worst calls. Should have just gone and seen Brian Osamoa that night. Yes. Although he probably wouldn't be here if we did that. That's true. And speaking of it, you know, we talked earlier about some young guys. He looked good the other night. He, I think he's going to be yeah. a player. No, he's got – it's weird because I think it was – was it Lincoln Riley asked about linebackers or maybe it was Grinch, and he just named every player on the roster. Like That's, that's a Grinch with, thing. He was happy with, yeah. with everything that, you know, all those guys have been doing basically. But not every guy. I'm sure there's some guys – not the walk-ons and stuff. I mean, Brian Mead was the Levi only Levi Draper got some real time. Yeah. I mean, but he mentioned Levi Draper. Levi was Draper's insane. one of the first people he mentioned. He only had like a series or two, and so I put that on Twitter. And that had like 200 likes. There's just something about that kid that just resonates, even if he never does anything. It's kind of like White Buki. I like it. Is that I racist? Think... Well, yes, but no, I, I like it. I think there's something to be said. <laughs> well, yes. Because... In-state people can relate to Levi. Like, he wanted to go to Oklahoma. He got to go to Oklahoma. Like, there, there's a, well, that could have been me, you know. Like, and it's it couldn't have. But, like you know, because there's always this assumption that, like, Levi's not talented. No, no, he's a lot better player than you ever were. Um, but I, I think it's easy for people to put themselves in those shoes. Like, oh, you know, I know where Collinsville is. Like, people don't know where Bradenton, Florida is for Buki. Like, there, there's just, a, it's an easier connection. Yeah, and Collinsville's kind of, I mean, it's remote and a little bit, you know, what is it, north of Tulsa, just a little bit on 169. So, I mean, it's like that part of the world doesn't get a whole lot of OU football players either. Yeah, you got to be small when Owasso's looking down their nose at you, so. Uh, okay, I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Uh, I guess we should mention, uh, boy, what the hell happened to Jinx last weekend? 57-7 to at home, Bixby. On the Ouch. on the back end of shutting out Mansfield, yeah, so weird. I I think Bixby's really really good. 
like really, really. Like, I think they could compete Bixby with, beat BA. That that's going to be I, your I Tulsa think, World story throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. Could I, they be a six A one champ? I think six A two. I'm not saying they would. I'm saying it would be a good game. What does Bixby have? I, the Brennan Presley kid. Hey, they got Presley really brothers. Okay. The uh, and then the, their quarterback. I believe I saw last night that uh, he has 12 touchdowns. That leads the country in high school football high school players. Football. I mean, Brennan himself has to, eight, so I would imagine. Yeah, they've got a corner committed to Oklahoma State. Um, their their offensive line play is always as good as anybody in the state. I mean, they just consistently. They don't always have like a Bryce Bray kind of guy, but they always have you know guys that are two sixty plus and. You know, they may not be great athletes, but they do exactly what their assignment is. They're, they're just well coached. And then BA taking down Union. What's weird is Jinx and Union play this week. It's the first time since 1980 both teams come are coming off a loss. Wow, that's unbelievable. Did you ever see like the last that. time Jinx had lost like that bad? That uh, I mean, mm-mm. I was talking to Bill Haston today, and he he said it had to be 30 years, maybe 35 years. It, it feels like it's been that long since one of them wasn't ranked number one in this game. And, and Union's actually 0-2 because they lost their Texas game, 47-44. So this is just yeah. all sorts of weird. They drew the short straw in Mansfield. They, they got the one that well, really Union, everybody trouble. Union represented well against B.A. It's just Broken Arrow just pulled away in the second. I mean, I think it was tied at halftime, 0-0. Yeah, Broken Arrow is just so big up front, man. They're going to lean on you and lean on you. And if they can, yeah. if you don't, if you don't get some points in that first, you're going to wear down. They, they just, I mean, because like I said, Eddie and I have seen it. They've got eight, nine, ten offensive linemen that would play for just about anybody in the state. I mean, they're big up front. All right, fellas. Well, we're headed to UCLA. Uh, looking forward to that one. Always great to be in the Rose Bowl, even though, like we talked about earlier, it's going to be a letdown compared to the last time we were there. There's just no getting around that one. Uh, but uh, thanks to uh, Eddie, to Bob, to Josh. Thank you to MidFirst Bank. Uh, go check them out, midfirst.com slash OU-offer. Uh, get signed up for that OU credit card. Uh, Want to thank them for coming on board. The pod is uh, our new main sponsor. And uh, thanks to SeatGeek as well. Also, don't forget the uh, Eskridge Lexus postgame show will return. And uh, we're going to do that and then head to the airport. So it's going to be an all-nighter Saturday night. Uh, but we're glad to do it for you guys so you can have uh, one of the best post-game podcasts around. So uh, make sure to sign up, subscribe. If you want to get those you know, those uh, episodes as, as early as you can, whether it's on iTunes, we're on Spotify now, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, even SoundCloud. That's our host. So uh, you want to get the app for SoundCloud, you can get stuff really fast that way too. So uh, any last words, gentlemen, before we get out of here? Everybody's happy? Okay. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.